With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. to another episode of that's a rap podcast i am your co-host jay rosales we have an action-packed episode for you today it is the all-star break uh the second half of the season is about to start um but why don't we get into some intros for who else is with me Uh, jay you want to cue me up all right all right that's like i love that beat Mm. and Let's kick off these intros. If it's movies or basketball, he knows we ain't talking about practice. It's my co-host, Dre, who his mom named Andreas Babiolakis. It's the answer, y'all. It's the answer. How's it going? <laughs> Let's keep this going. The show's creator, a true boss, a hero unsung, our producer and live tweeter, our main man, Jay Love. Yo, yo, what's up, what's up? I've always wanted to walk and up finally, with a deep. Yeah. <laughs> Rest a piece Hip-hop and sneakers are his passion, but basketball is his domain. Coming live from CBC, producer and writer, welcome, Derek <laughs> Dion Rain. Uh, <laughs> How was that? Uh, our new and improved common. Oh, oh my gosh. Derek is gone. Is... Derek has been oh. disconnected. I hope you heard it at least. Hope so too. Jay, like when you drop the again. mic, you're not supposed to drop his mic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole point. Oh, Derek is back. Derek's back. Jeez. That was a fire intro. Beep, Thanks beep, for beep. having me, guys. I appreciate it. Well, well, we're very, uh, very honored to have you on. Uh, you know, just, just a. Uh, I guess some background info here. Um, Derek was was one of the first person to, you know, reach out to me and and bring me on to CBC. So thank you. And uh, you know, we've heard you on a couple of other pods before, and we thought, you know, it, it only made sense to bring you on ours. So again, welcome. We are happy to have you on. Sure. And uh, you guys ready to talk about some All Star? Especially during a time it. where, like, it's like so. This you know, disclaimer: we are recording this on a wednesday on the 19th and i feel like it's been a century since there's been basketball on tv and it, it just it, i'm just like scratching i'm trying to scratch an itch where it's like where's basketball coming back like i need that raptors basketball coming back man <laughs> you guys feel the same coming soon it's true it's true it's absolutely true and this is why like i'm excited for this episode not because not only because we get to you know bring in a special guest not only because we get to talk about uh all-star weekend it's because it's it was a freaking amazing all-star week. Yes. So, I mean, right? let's let's not sugarcoat this anymore. Let's dive right in. 
And I think we should start with All Star Saturday. So mm-hmm. let's start off with the Skills Challenge. Yeah, and let's as as long as we can good. skip Stay All Star Friday. Stay away from the Ruffles Challenge. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are not talking about we Friday. We can skip Anthony Davis tossing bean bags. We can skip the four point line. We can skip Stephen A. Smith getting a technical. Let's skip all of that, please. And thank yes. You. Yes, and I like how the celebrity game they have like nice leather couches for their bench. Just pampering that hell of a probably of reek of sweat. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Trying to clean that out, man. Just All right, well, up. starting off <laughs> anyway. also Saturday, we had, the, uh, we had the skills challenge. And our boy uh, Spicy P was there. And I don't know. I right. Actually, let, let me get each of your thoughts. Like, okay. What were your overall impressions of the skills challenge? Uh, Derek, let's start off with you. What did you think about the skills challenge? Um, I, th- I thought it was good. I mean, it's it's always fun to watch, uh, you know, whenever they do do the skills challenge. Uh, but I think uh, I, di- I, d- I don't know about you guys, but I did not expect Bam to win at all. D-Wade didn't even expect Bam to win really? uh, the skills challenge. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, he didn't get to judge know, I, it. Yeah, I, I look I, like I mean, I guess so. <laughs> oh, <I'll take> <laughs> but uh, but no, it, it was fun, and and, and I was uh, so 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 happy to see Pascal beat Patrick Beverly, yes. even if he didn't win. I felt like we won just off that round alone. Oh, yeah, like first off, the first round that Pascal had, it feels amazing when you see a clean, perfect skills run. You, you do the weaving, you get it on the first pass, you do your layup or dunk. You get your first three. Patrick Beverly was like choking. So the fact that like he like basically lapped him in a perfect run, that was the best way to start things off, especially because he lost to Bam, which was like, you know, Bam Adebayo was was crazy. I mean, nobody expected him to hit those threes, but he was better at the three ball than anybody else mm-hmm. at that competition. So like well-deserved. And if we were going to lose to anybody, it might as well be the winner. Pascal balled. That's all I know. He had a great time. Yeah. And Outside of Beverly, I think most of the other people, Sons, Chris Middleton dribbling it off his foot by accident, killed it as well, which sucks because Chris Middleton was doing so well. Yeah. And you know what? I think I love the fact that none of the guards made it through. I think it was just all all big men. Yeah, it was all the big men. And that's fantastic to watch. I've been on record saying that like the change that having both the guards and the big men go against each other because there are really no positions in NBA anymore. But there's still that extra like there's almost like a game within a game, which is kind of what you want. And the fact that none of the guards made it. And yeah, you're right. Like the 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 bigs were shooting those threes really well the passing every i'm pretty sure none of the guards actually made a the a perfect first pass into those holes and the the fact that like even the three pointers and uh there was more hustle i guess with the big guys because each time when the when the bigs have to go out to the skills competition they have to almost prove themselves right like even in the introductions when um isaiah thomas was like uh that's that's my pick patrick beverly he's gonna win it all and it's like you know automatically the bigs are going to prove it you know it doesn't even matter who's going to win as long as the big it's going to win i love it right there man Uh, yeah for some people they might be a little surprised that no guards you know made it uh to that to that final round really uh or won but to me i i I don't think i'm it's that surprising and i mean sometimes it's just the way the ball bounces no Kawhi, but you know, in the last five years, there's really only been like what one guard to win the skills competition. I think that was Spencer Dinwiddie, but like outside of that, it's been Carl Anthony uh, Towns, Porzingis, yep. Tatum, uh, and Bam. And I mean, I don't know, I don't really count Tatum so much as a, as a guard. I mean, yeah, he plays the wing, but it's, he seems more like a, a small forward than anything else. Um, but yeah, for the for the most part, it, it it hasn't been the smaller guards that we've 
typically been used to, at least for the last half decade. So the fact that BAM won, as surprising as it was to me, um, it isn't surprising to me to see a big do well. If anything, it just shows you that, you know, the games continue to evolve. And with the emphasis being on bigs being able to stretch the floor and handle the ball a little bit and pass in transition or on the break uh, is, is big. Did you have, uh, were you betting on someone to win, though, Derek? Like, besides Pascal, of course? Uh, I mean, I, I really had it either on Pascal, you know, because obviously P skills. Yep. But um, I thought if anybody were to win it, I actually thought Spencer Dinwiddie might because he's actually been having a, a right. pretty solid year mm. um, for for the Nets, despite all their struggles with the injuries and everything else. The only thing that I'm getting, I guess, mixed reviews on and you guys can chime in on, or, or, on what you think. But did you guys have any thoughts about Siakam allowing Bam to shoot first? Now, my 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 two cents is that. You know they're both running at at full speed. They were neck and neck the entire time. So mm. I'm thinking Siakam's thinking is more, okay. He can actually gather himself. He's assuming exactly. that Bam's gonna miss. So okay, no, it's just that I, I was hearing a lot do. of like, why did he let him shoot when he could have he could have shot and he could have won it? But it's like I, I don't think that would have worked. I think both of them would have would have missed if they were the first shot. The worst thing you could do is cancel each other out like Bam and Sabonis did in the final round. Like you both shoot at the same time and you both hit. So like, yeah. that's the worst thing you can do. Yeah, in my mind, I thought what Pascal probably should have done is just played it like bump. And then like, but in, as soon as he put the ball up, just shoot, like throw your basketball, his ball, so that he doesn't get it in. I'm surprised <laughs> right. more guys don't actually do that. Yeah, that, That's uh, a good point. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and, and to be fair, like I think, you know, in that moment, like you were saying, like, yeah, if, if bo- neither of these guys are particularly great shooters, right? Like, they're they're solid for what they play and what they do and how often they produce for their teams. But, and I would say Pascal's a better shooter than Bam for the most part. But neither of them are, are known for their shooting. Yeah. They're known for their finishing, their play in the post. Pascal mm-hmm. with his footwork and his spins. Uh, Bam with his tenacity. So it, it's not as if these guys, you're expecting, okay, First shot, these guys are going to hit it. And I think it's the same thing. I think part of it is Pascal did not respect Bam's jumper at all. Um, And I think he was probably a little surprised that he hit it on the first go. And it's the same thing that Patrick Beverly did with with Pascal. I I think Patrick probably thought Pascal was going to brick it the first time around, and then he ended up hitting it, and it was clean. Uh, But Pascal is one of those guys that also, he does not do well when he rushes shots. Like he's, He's very good at finishing around the basket when he has to rush, but he's not good when he has to rush his jump shot. He's very much a, a, a set shooter. Um, and he, he's been working on that one-legged fadeaway kind of like Dirk, but but it's not quite there yet. And so I get why he kind of let Bam go first. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I totally think, you know, you should have done it like the playground. Just throw your ball at his ball. Worst case <laughs> scenario, you miss, but it's going to mess up your shot a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I, I think for, like, I, I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm never going to be in this type of co- uh, situation where where I'm in that skills competition. But I think subconsciously, when you're playing ball or you're playing pickup ball, when you, like, practice uh, or you kind of shoot around before the game starts, um, I, f- I feel like you don't really want to shoot it when someone else is shooting with you because it kind of takes out your concentration. Maybe that was something that Pascal wanted. Maybe he just didn't want anything in his peripherals and just have a clean, nice shot. And, you know, Luckily for Bam, he got it. Well, maybe not luckily because he has skill for it. But like, I feel like just Pascal wanted a, a nice, clean view of the net. Yeah, it's well, possible. I, I think it's a rhythm thing too, right? Yeah. Like guys are, are shoot best when they're in rhythm. They've got their feet set. They're ready to go and they can let it fly. Well, speaking of guys who are letting it fly, I think uh, uh, this is not a bad transition over segue. to the uh, three-point contest where, you know, we, it was a bit of a different look this year. The format changed a bit. There was a new... 
the Mountain, Mountain Dew Zone, or is it the Dew Zone? Yeah, where where there are two additional thirty foot bombs mm-hmm. uh, that were added near the wings. Um, great idea, guys. Thoughts on the contest, you, Dre? You is, it a, is it a great idea, though, Dre? I'm gonna say no. Yeah, okay, Dre, you go first, bro. Okay. Um, okay. I'll explain why it's not a great idea, but also why I do think it's a great idea. I hate the fact that they've been altering the three-point contest since its heyday to begin with, but if they're going to be making these changes, like the, the money ball rack and all of that nonsense, might as well go for the deep one because it's, you know, you got the extra time. I think if somebody is well behind, it's their way to kind of sink those and stay in the contest. It makes things a little bit more interesting rather than the guy who breaks a bunch of shots in a row. I don't know. I'd add something a little bit interesting to me. If they're going to be changing it anyway, I'm fine with it. That's why I like mm. it. I think it's a great idea. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm definitely more of a traditionalist. I already felt a little sad about the fact that they have a, a money ball rack. I think if there was any changes, that was a good change. Uh, they, there's more possibility of more points and all of that. But this whole Mountain Dew zone, this whole the, uh, more points and this whole like add 10 seconds to it. If you like watching it back, um, I don't know who it was. I think it might have been Joe Harris or Bertons, but they like skipped or almost skipped that do zone shot because clearly they don't really practice these shots, right? And it was Joe Harris. It was it was, Joe was Harris. it Joe Harris? Like you can yeah, tell yeah. that it's not part of the. Like I, I was listening to Free Association, and they're and they're they're saying that like these guys, like the the Buddy Hughes, the Devontae Grams, uh, the Duncan Robinsons, you don't think that they've done a three point contest in their whole career? Like the the amount of times they've done this, um, the the five spots in the, in the three point line just for practice purposes, they're. There's no do zone. There's no like far shot that they practice. Maybe like, uh, like I'm sure Trey Young practices this, and of course like Steph Curry practices these. But like as a competition, as the three point traditionalist, as a competition, there's no do zone. There's no uh, extra three points or something that you can get. I to me, I didn't really think it was necessary. I like the three point contest as it is with the with the five spots. Even with the money ball, I'm okay with it. But just leave it at the five spots. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you as well. I mean, uh, you can call me a traditionalist too, but for me. Me, like I, I personally wasn't a fan of the do zone i think if anything it just added to to me seeing good shooters get completely thrown out of their rhythm like joe harris mm-hmm. um when majority of them would never really take shots like you said from that range like i mean let's be real there's really only a handful if even that of guys who would ever actually shoot from that range and have more than a 30 percent chance of making it and that's right. like trey Steph Curry, Dame, Dame, yeah, maybe Buddy Heald. That's it, really, yeah. right? And so, Dame was injured. So mm-hmm. And Dame was injured. So, you know, and, and, I mean, maybe Devin Booker on a good day, maybe. Yeah. Like, when you're not double-teaming him in practice, I guess. But, yeah. um, you know, it, it, like, for me, it just felt very gimmicky. It felt like the year that they tried to add a, a spinning wheel to the dunk contest. Oh, uh, the worst. It, it, just, <laughs> the dunk it, just, it, just, it just felt like it was pointless, and they just wanted to no pun intended, try to reinvent the wheel, uh, so to speak, with the three-point contest. And they really didn't need to do that. I think the only thing that I actually enjoyed with the change was the the money ball rack. And, and you can already see how that paid mm-hmm. uh, dividends for guys like Bertans, who otherwise probably would not have been uh, in that finals if that money back, if the money rack had stayed the same, right? If it was still money ball at the end of each rack, he wouldn't have made it. But 
looking at all the shots that he hit and where he put his money rack, he hit damn near, I think, every single one from that right corner um, or right wing, rather. Um, and, and so that helped him get to where he needed to be. So I'm, I'm cool with that change because guys have certain spots that they shoot better than uh, in compared to others. And I'm cool with that if it makes it more competitive. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not a fan of the do's and I don't think it's something that they should stick with. I don't think it really adds anything to the competition, especially if there's only really four or five guys that actually shoot from that range and only make it more than, you know, 30% of the time. Yeah, the rest I, of the league doesn't really use it. I like how you said about, like, the rhythm uh, part of the of this competition because it's all about when, when the shooter shoots and he gets into the rhythm of it, you, you damn near can't stop uh, a three-point shooter going off. And then so when you have, like, the do zone, that's automatically going to take out of them out of the rhythm. And you don't want that. You want a, a hot shooter to continue on with that rhythm. If you have that do zone, boom, automatically that's that's it. That's it for them. You know, and they have to like kind of restart it in, in the quarter mark of that of that minute in the t- in ten seconds. So it's good that they're trying to uh, add things or maybe um, I don't know, make it more interesting or something like that. But I mean, I feel like arguably enough, the three point contest is really really good in itself. You know, I don't think mm-hmm. the change you- is needed. Yeah, if it's not if, broke, don't fix it. I agree that it's it's all about rhythm, and I'm I'm I agree with you guys that like it, it shouldn't have even existed. But let's assume that for a second that it does stick around. If there is a way that you can have that rhythm, that that thirty foot bomb at the beginning, like get those two shots out of the way almost, or at and, the end, yeah, or at the end. But then you're probably very tired after that point. I'm thinking like the beginning, right. and then go on with the rest of your racks and fine. But honestly, I, I'm with you guys. Like just take it out. It mm-hmm. was, it didn't turn out well. And then none of these guys could really get in rhythm. And, and that's really a shame because, you know, we really could have seen some, some really good records being posted, but it just threw off people's rhythm. And, yeah. and that could have been the reason why someone like a Joe Harris didn't make it past um, to the next round. Um, did, did any of you guys pick Buddy Heel to win because I know I did. I don't. Yeah, you <laughs> I did. I know you did. Um, I picked Joe Harris. I wanted the reigning champion to win again, but that damn dude's on. I, I, I had Devin Booker. That's a solid choice. I think if 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 Lillard was in, would you have picked Lillard? Absolutely. That I, that was my pick because of the do zone, but yeah, I think um, I think I would have picked. Uh, I I would probably pick Dame too because of how like crazy he is going right now. But during the th- competition, I felt like I was rooting for Devin Booker because he was the one who was not picked for the All Star game, and now he's just like doing it for spite. Like yeah, sure, sure, don't pick me, fire. don't pick me, yeah, fine. And then like you can tell that he had so much competition in his eyes when he was shooting the basketball. He was taking it very very seriously, which is why I wanted Devin Booker to win. But Buddy healed, you know making uh winning it by one point that's that's what i love about the competition i i thought it was going to be uh either yeah i I was hoping i mean if dame was healthy i would have had my money on him but when he wasn't out once he realized that he wasn't going to be playing with the groin injury and he was out i I figured it was going to be devin booker because he felt like he had something to prove Mm -hmm. it was a very exciting ending too you know healed uh with that final shot to i i I think i even jumped out of my seat because it was like I wanted to see him win, and it was it went down to that last shot, and he wins by one point. Um, speaking of someone winning by one point to win, oh god, competition. Oh. was that a bad no? Yeah. This, this is gonna be interesting. I'm curious to see what people yeah. have to say about this. Okay. Oh, let's, let's dive right in. Yes. We got the okay. dumb contest, guys, and okay, you know, I, I feel like Twitter is slightly divided on this in terms of how it went out. I mean, just a quick, quick, quick recap. I mean, we had. Three dunkers plus Dwight Howard in this contest. Um, Stuperman is in the building. Oh, yeah. And, 
kudos to, to Pat Connaughton. He did he did all right actually. But, yeah. You know the, the the story of of the dunk contest was with Derek Jones Jr. versus Aaron Gordon. It was I, for Aaron Gordon. This must have been PTSD to Toronto. Um, yeah. And so yeah, he he loses by by one point because uh, either Dwayne Wade or or, or Chadwick Boseman yeah, or Scotty Pippen Dwayne forgot Wade. to. It was definitely Dwayne Wade. Oh, absolutely. Um, Come on. <laughs> uh, someone miscounted and we didn't have a time. We didn't have another round of a dunk off. But boys, what did we feel about this dunk contest? Okay, can I can I air some grievances? Can I air, air some for it, bro? Yeah, go, okay. go go air some them because I'm I might you might have some after I talk, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because okay, I, I don't want to sound like Stephen A. Smith here, but here we go. <laughs> In what was otherwise a fantastic dunk competition, and like I said in our in our pre-episode a couple weeks ago, um, dunk contest could either be the worst thing of the weekend or the best thing, and this was definitely the best thing until it became toxic. Outside of a fantastic dunk competition, which went head-to-head-to-head, to head to head, three grapes. First off, they shouldn't be rewarding so many goddamn 50s. That's half the problem. That's half the reason why we got here. Just rewarding 50s because it's through the legs or from far. Let's be honest. Some of those were absolutely 50 out of 50. But the fact that they were rewarding so many is part of the reason why we got into this this predicament in the first place. And that leads to part two. As decent as Common and Chadwick Boseman are as judges, this should go back to like when the all-time greats or the past dunk contest winners were voting because you get a much more neutralized result yes. and not just straight up 50s all across the board which leads to the last point and Aaron Gordon himself brought this up ideally this is about the entire competition and not just the final round and who wins so with that in mind could they not have ended it after the four dunks where he got straight 54 times in a row and just called it a day because guess what he accumulated more points they should have just done that because instead this happened and it soured whether you believe Gordon was robbed or not, and I believe either either side, because they were both fantastic, it soured it anyway, because it feels like the win wasn't warranted, or the winner wasn't awarded, so either way, they both lose, and it sucks, because it was fantastic. Derek, you want this one? Yeah, I mean, where where should I start off on? There's a, there's a few things that um, that come to mind when I talk about, you know, this dunk contest, but I, I would say... Uh, first and foremost, it was it was an amazing dunk contest. Like, let's not get it twisted. Oh, yeah. This this was a really really good dunk contest to watch. Uh, I was thoroughly entertained. I don't think, I mean, even though Aaron Gordon lost, I don't I don't feel like any of the fans or people watching lost. Like, we all won uh, on Saturday watching that dunk contest. I I've sat there and been completely horrified at the train wreck of what dunk contests were, and and I've been mystified at how great some of them have been. Uh, and this was one of the the better ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say this, you know, this might actually be, you know, top three, maybe, you know, because mm-hmm. um, uh, it was that it was that good. I don't think it was better than than 2016, and no. I don't think it was better than than you know Vince's Vince in 2000 with T Mac and Steve Francis. Um, but but it, it competes there to me, in my opinion, with with uh, with Jordan and Dominique in '88, also in in Chicago. Um, I would say, you know. The people who feel like Aaron Gordon got robbed, I don't think are necessarily all the way wrong. I think I can understand how you reached that conclusion. But for me, I don't think Aaron Gordon got robbed because to imply that someone was robbed of something 
would mean that they already had it in the bag. And I don't think mm-hmm. Aaron Gordon actually had it in the bag, despite the amazing dunks that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, because to me, it wasn't clear that he was the clear cut winner at the time when the contest initially ended. Right. Like, I, I think to me, for me, I think Aaron Gordon truly lost the dunk contest um, when he dunked over Chance the Rapper. Um, and did the East Bay dunk, um, and he went between his legs over Chance. Because yeah. I mean, look, the, the, and and I agree with uh, you know what you're saying. Like that dunk was not a fifty. That that mm-hmm. like that that was that it shouldn't have been a fifty. And I feel like they only gave him that fifty because he did it over Chance the Rapper. But let's be real, like it, he did the same dunk that Derrick Jones Jr. did. Yeah. Except he dumb he jumped over Chance the Rapper, and well, I don't that know. That means if it's a fifty because the other one was a fifty. Like it's, yeah, yeah, it's silly. exactly. Like, like the like the logic <laughs> was really really silly, and how they judged it. And to me, if you're gonna do essentially the same dunk as Derrick Jones Jr., at least make sure you do it better, which Gordon didn't. And his East Bay over Chance was weaker and less difficult because Chance. I mean, I don't know about you guys, it, it, like, and this may be like a subtle flex. Not I'm not trying to do that, but I've actually met Chance in person a few times. And he's not that tall. Like I'm five seven. <laughs> I'm like five seven, five eight on a good day. Chance the Rapper is five nine, probably. Mm-hmm. Aaron Gordon is six nine. He's a foot taller than Chance. Leaping over him is not that hard for someone that's six nine and is an NBA athlete that can jump out the gym like Aaron Gordon. Whereas Derrick Jones Jr. is six six, six five, maybe. Uh, jumping over guys that were also over six feet tall when he's doing the same East Bay dunk with the left hand. To me, that's more difficult. So if you're going to copy the guy and do the same dunk that he's doing, but over a celebrity, I think that's weak. And I don't think, you know, you should be rewarded a 50 for that. So to me, that's that's where Aaron Gordon lost it. Up until that point, I think he was actually more creative and had the more appealing dunks in my mind because really and truly Derrick Jones Jr. just kept doing the same East Bay dunk over and over again going between the legs finishing with the left just with different strengths and, and over different people um yeah the degree of difficulty is, is harder for sure but it wasn't as creative as Aaron Gordon however he was cleaner than Aaron Gordon and he pretty much did them all, almost on the first try for for every dunk mm-hmm. um and so that's why to me I think Derrick Jones Jr rightfully won now the scoring is, is a completely different debacle and i'm sure we'll get yes, into like how yes, we can preach fix the dunk contest. <laughs> yeah uh, but i think but i think just off of dunks alone i think the this the scoreboard is correct i think aaron gordon should be zero two in dunk contest yeah. and you can feel like he got robbed but zach levine in 2016 was doing not just a windmill from the free throw line like derrick jones jr did well, a foot in behind front of the back. Zach Levine was was doing it behind the back. Zach Levine yeah. was doing 360s. Zach Levine was doing through the legs East Bays like Derrick Jones Jr., but basically from a foot in front inside the free throw line. Actually, to I me, have a question. Yeah. Do you think people would say that Aaron Gordon was robbed this year had 2016 not existed? No. No. And 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 I and I think uh, to to me, like, again, like you saying that someone was robbed would mean that they already had it in the bag. And right. in both years, I don't think anybody said, like, this person was clearly, definitively better than the other. Like, on any given day, on any given dunk, depending on how technical you want to get with how clean they finished or how high they jumped or the degree of difficulty or how pretty they made it look, you could e- easily make a case for either guy. But it wasn't so clear-cut that I would ever say that in either of those contests, he got robbed mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. of the dunks. What he got robbed off of was the scoring. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
I like it. I like what you're saying about that dunk contest. I like the fact that you did, you know, give context of why probably Aaron Gordon didn't got robbed because you know what? Let's forget. A lot of people forget the fact that Derrick Jones Jr. put up a wicked showing, man. Like his dunks were fan friggin' tastic. That guy can fly. I'm pretty sure myself and Jay and Dre also took uh, Derrick Jones Jr. to win that contest. I think when it comes to the, the point system, and how to fix it and everything like that. There's a lot of questions uh, that we have to ask, but I th- when it comes to Aaron Gordon, he is like one of the best contortionists in the air. It's almost like he's doing some circulation in the air, like when he's dunking. And he he does a lot of things that no one has ever seen. Um, but what I'm saying as he was robbed is basically if you get five fifties in a row, you should win in default, but that's the scoring system. Yeah. That's, the, that's something different. But what I'm saying that he's getting robbed of is yes, you're right. It is about having like, you know, the competition in a bag. So maybe not the entire competition as a whole, but for that last dunk to, to dunk over someone who is what, like seven, six, and maybe it wasn't the yeah. cleanest or the flashiest, but I don't think that that deserved a 40 seven well especially because they were trying to tie him with the other dunk and Dwayne Wade was like oops I didn't realize I was the guy giving him a 10 so the fact that it was like all of that political stupidity yeah makes it even worse well there was one year that they they introduced you know fan voting and that was a fail because yeah that um, was weird. yeah yeah that was a fail but like I, I just don't understand why it's so hard to, to not introduce decimals like like, whether yes. it's just point five, yes. or what, point like, five. it's not that hard like it it's you, you the the scores are calculated anyway you don't have to like bust out an abacus and start counting like it's fine it's fine if you know you felt like oh maybe that's a 10 but you know what uh someone else you know like let's say even with Derek jones like he's doing the same dunk over and over again and yes they're difficult but like the third time you see a you know the east bay dunk maybe it's a 9.5 or a 9.7 and not a 10 anymore so mm-hmm. Um, that could be a fix. I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that you know this is now the even whether and I agree with with what everyone has said here. I agree that Aaron Gordon didn't deserve to win either of the two years that he he almost won, but I think that it should be an indicator to the NBA that hey maybe there is a fix that needs to happen and hopefully it's a scoring. Here are a couple of fixes that I want to know what you guys think. Okay, mm-hmm. I heard there's one one point, and I think Dre already pointed this out, but I also heard Kendrick Perkins say basically, Dre, I think you're our Kendrick Perkins. Kendrick Perkins made oh, this. God, really- I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> he made this really good point that if it's the judges, and don't disrespect to Chadwick Boseman, um, and. Who else was even common. there? A common and and Candace Park is fantastic, as, of course. But for for this as the judges' point, I feel like it should be past champions as well. And of course, I, because yeah. they understand the velocity of the of the of the dunks, mm-hmm. the physicality. They understand and the technicality, everything. Past champions of the NBA, past champions of the G League uh, dunk contest, past champions of just like dunker championships. Like I feel like there is a there is a competition when it comes to this, and there's skill level, and there's professionals, there are professional dunkers who know how to judge these things. Not Chadwick Boseman, not Dwayne Wade, not Common, who are professionals in their own right but not as a dumping dunking competition. Second part, and this might be controversial and I don't know about you guys, but uh, I had a thought if let, you know, Aaron Gordon probably had the best dunk of the night. Also in 2016, do you think that they should add an extra 10 points to the best dunk of the night? No, because I think that would only 
encourage the straight 50s, which uh, I, I just wanted to backpedal just a tiny bit. The Taco Fall dunk, I think, didn't deserve the 47. But as Derek said, if he was going to have lost at any point, ideally it was when he did the repeat dunk and got a straight 50 over for, for no reason. But, uh, okay, to come back to this, though, I think it would only encourage that even more so because we shouldn't have to be at that point. We should only be, you know, judging realistically where, you know, oh, what's his name? Uh, the the shortest dunker ever. He played for the Knicks. Spud Webb. No, not Spud Webb. Uh, Nate Robinson? Robinson. Robinson, thank you. He's only ever had one straight 50, and he's won three times. That says enough. Like, 50 should be coveted. And let's be honest, did both dunkers have straight 50s? Absolutely. You know, the, the off the backboard, between the legs, jumping over a guy is one of the craziest dunks I've ever seen. The off the side of the backboard during the, the 360 dunk was fantastic. Those are straight 50s. Everything else, though, I don't know so much. So, to me, the extra 10 points would only be encouraging this type of nonsense that's already happening. Yeah, like, I, I, I agree. I think, I think for me, it, it's tough because I feel like in, in these situations, like a lot of these guys, especially Aaron Gordon, um, for, good or, for better or for worse, kind of get graded off of their reputation, right? On how they performed previously mm. or how they've been doing that year and some of the dunks that you remember, right? Like, uh, a lot of people, I guess, from this season, if we're playing being recent, um, think about Aaron Gordon with that dunk in L.A., you know, throwing it off the backboard or the windmill in traffic, um, you know, or Derrick Jones Jr. recently, like last season at towards the end when, you know, he caught that crazy lob uh, against the Raptors and yep. threw it in with his left hand, like, you know, and and, and that's in game stuff. But I feel like that shouldn't necessarily carry over to the dunk contest. And that's where I think some of these 50s get a pass from. Right. Like dunks mm -hmm. that aren't necessarily 50s, but you give them to them because you're like oh well it's aaron gordon right like but if it was somebody else like if that was pat Connaughton, i don't know if you give him a 50 you know what i mean hmm. um yeah. and and i think uh and shout out to pat Connaughton, by the way because he had in my opinion probably one of the best dunks by jumping the over the wall and off the oh, glass, off the glass. Yeah. Two yeah. Hands. Yeah. underrated 100 like, percent. To, to me that fantastic. that is probably the most besides a taco dunk probably one of the most difficult dunks to do yeah uh, all, all that aside i think yeah i agree that we should absolutely and it's 2020 how do we not have decimals in the scorecards for yeah. dunk contests? Mm -hmm. i don't understand that mm -hmm. but i would wait, also wait, say wait, wait, wait. let me make sure wait, before you continue let me make sure i got this straight so you're saying if pat Connaughton did the superman dunk he would not get a 50 <laughs> 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 listen, if if, if he's well, got he a Dr. Bus, listen, if Pat Connaughton had Dr. Bus on his shorts and a 2 4 for Kobe and Gianna, I guess maybe. You never know. <laughs> oh, gosh. But Over uh, DJ Khaled doing a DJ set. Yeah, he was doing another one. <laughs> uh, but uh, but no, I, th I think beyond just the decimals, I think what I would really like to see is uh, a graded calculation on the winner based on an overall score. Right. So like the, I saw the number, I think, on Twitter that said Aaron Gordon scored like 297 out of a possible 300 points that you could Jesus. score in the dunks. And he still lost, mm -hmm. uh, which means that that Derrick Jones Jr. put up a 298. Right. And all that being said, I, I think I actually don't mind that system because, yeah, you might give somebody a 50 for a dunk that they shouldn't have. But overall, we're looking at 
all the dunks you've done, right? Like, like I get that there's yeah. rounds and there's, you know, the first round and the second round and the finalists in the dunk contest. But really and truly, if I'm looking at the entire contest, which is what it is, I'm looking at your entire body of work. And if your body exactly. of work as a collection of dunks, whether that be three dunks or five dunks or 10 dunks, is, is better than somebody else's 10, even though they might have three that are like really, really good, I think you should be the one that wins. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Plus, I think that um, uh, Jackson Jr., he, uh, his first dunk wasn't a straight 50, right? So he would have lost by default. Yeah. Oh, Jones Jr.? Yeah. Jones yeah. Jr. Sorry. I, I keep yeah. saying Jackson yeah. Jr. It's Jones Jr. Sorry. That's a completely <laughs> different guy. Jones Jr., yeah. yes. Uh, he, his first dunk was a straight 50, so he would have lost by default. So Yeah. And and also keep in mind, like I I just like to point this out because I think a lot of people also miss this fact. Like D- Derek Jones Jr. is not like some newbie. Like he's been in dunk contests and lost, right? Like it's yeah, not right, like yeah. you know when he was on the Suns and he came in that one year out, out of the G League, like he lost. Yeah, I don't think he, I don't even think he made it out of the first round. And then there was another year no, where he, he didn't. just kept missing all of his dunks. So it's not like you know this guy just showed up and and all of a sudden he's beating Aaron Gordon. Right. No, like he clearly put in work. He practiced, he went back to the drawing board and said, all right, this is the year that I'm going to put my name in the hat and I'm going to win. Because I'm pretty sure, I, I, might, I might be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure Derek Jones Jr. and Aaron Gordon have competed in three dunk contests each. And it just so happened yes. that Derek Jones Jr. beat him this time. Yep. Yeah. Very good point. Um, I think we should probably take a break now because we've got a lot more to talk about and I need to catch my breath. So <laughs> after the break... yeah. yeah. We'll move over from Saturday on to Sunday and talk about the All-Star game, but let's uh, let's hit a quick break. Cool. Yeah, if Aaron Gordon takes a couple of those uh, next dunk contests, should he come back, he might actually win. You should grab some, too. You can compete with him. It's good stuff. <laughs> hey, but or, he's going to go in for the three-point contest next, then, right? It just doesn't apply to skills. He just has well, to. I don't know. He has to do a three sixty from the three point line. <laughs> uh, Honestly, I'm, I'm gonna give that a seven. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for someone to dunk from the free throw line. I, I feel like at some point that might happen. I don't know how it's physically possible, <laughs> but I, th- I just made my dream <laughs> is to see somebody dunk from the free throw line. That's not a mascot being thrown, by the way. But the question is, does that become a two? Does it stay a three, or should it be rewarded as a four? <laughs> it's a three. A three is a three is a three. Yeah, it's a true. three is a three it's is true. a three. All right. And speaking of of numbers, we got to talk about how this new All Star format was divided into the three quarters, then the, the final fourth. Oh my God! Can we say best All Star game in a very long time? They figured this one out. We were complaining about the other formats. They figured this one out. In my opinion, yeah, I would agree. Say? I think that like with the the initial reaction to to the whole Elam ending when it was first came out was very confusing to to the masses. I, for one, was extremely excited about it. Um, but you know, it's 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 one of those things that it's hard to explain, you know, in a couple of sentences. But when you see the product, it, the the results speak for themselves. And I think that this what the NBA have here is a good formula to replicate year after year and getting uh, amazing results and very tight competition, which is the heart of what you really want out of an All-Star game. I mean, this is a problem that the NBA has had for years. It's how do you get, and not, not even just the NBA, I'm talking about MLB, NHL, every major sport has difficulty with how do you get uh, the best players in the world to all 
take this seriously because at the end of the day this isn't where their paycheck is coming from this isn't where you know they need to be putting all their effort towards but the nba has found that sweet spot and it is the elam ending so um before i continue my rant what do you guys think jason what do you think about the all-star game like are you down with this new format um yeah what are your thoughts yeah i loved it i, I like everybody else i've, I've absolutely loved it uh, however uh, of course it's going to be a however is it sustainable are we going to see this kind of um competition when it comes to the uh, next year in indianapolis or is it going to like you know knock on wood what happens if you know someone gets hurt or something like that like mm-hmm. at, the, at the end of it like it was the fourth quarter right Let, let's be real maybe like the end of the third quarter when things started to pick up a little bit and it was like a tie game in the third quarter but the fourth quarter that's when it, that's when like it really really the, the the blood boiled and everyone was very competitive there was no all the rest were being yelled at and everything like it was right it was, it was a lot of game. it was a lot of a lot of fun i think we put a timer on that fourth quarter it was like 42 minutes or something like 42 that. It was minutes amazing yeah i think there was a a spike in viewership with this year's all-star game and i think with that reason alone you know whoever's in charge is going to try and and keep this around and i think at least for the foreseeable future i don't imagine why this would fizzle out in my opinion maybe down the road but for now you know now you've got like team Giannis. i'm assuming Giannis is going to be in charge of the team again next year now really wanting blood because he's lost twice in a row by like barely any points and he lost to a, a foul shot let's be honest which is appropriately fitting for uh kobe bryant but that's how he got his first and final points and you know it's one hell of a way to finish but it's unsatisfactory for somebody like Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's like hey listen buddy i want to thrash you next year and to all the people who were who were dumping on Giannis as a gm this year uh they 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 almost won guys like they actually almost won if it wasn't for the clutchness of Kawhi and lebron and and fam team Giannis could have actually won this whole thing they were very close so uh you know hate all you want but uh you know we also had you know people making fun of rudy gobert or why is kyle lowry here meanwhile kyle lowry was like commander in chief in like the final minutes you know taking charges rudy gobert was like the dunk master and like doing chase downs it got in it got very defensive in an all-star game and like let's be real here this was very very nuts and you saw a lot of players who were kind of doing things outside of their element like okay let's be honest Kawhi leonard can shoot can shoot threes does he consistently shoot this many he usually doesn't go for like 10 in an entire game like, he had to adjust, and he figured it out. Like, you saw Chris Paul was dunking, for God's sakes. Yeah. You saw players going out of their elements. It was awesome. I think that Kawhi gave the most casual 30-plus points and eight threes that I've ever seen. Like, he, re- he really didn't look like he cared as much as the other players, for lack of a better term. Like, you could see the intensity from from Davis and LeBron and Giannis and Lowry and Chris Paul, but, like, I didn't get that sense from Kawhi, and yet, ironically, he's the one who ended up getting MVP. Yeah, it, it, felt, it felt very much like a... It, it was a regular Kawhi kick, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. He, like, he's just sleepwalking through the game, and then all of a sudden you look up at the scoreboard, and he's got, like, almost 30 points and eight boards and, like, four or five assists, and you're like, when when did this happen? Um, but, but that's every but yeah, Kawhi no, I, game. He's a yeah, silent killer. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a, he's honestly a silent. He's the silent assassin. And uh, I I love that Charles Barkley called him a cyborg to his face. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, no, I, I think I think you know you guys have pretty much hit everything right on the head. I think this All Star game was amazing. The weekend as a whole was great, and I think the 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 Sunday game was just a beautiful cap um, to to a really uh, great. And I, I I feel like you know sometimes in sports like we we forget that these are people and they're human beings and and they're playing for something. And, and I think this year was a good reminder of that. Obviously. The, the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant and Gianna and, and mm-hmm. the other seven families that were, were impacted by, by the loss um, was tough. But I think the tr- everything from the tribute um, to the way that they were honoring Kobe to the compete level um, was, was phenomenal. And I think it was, it was, it was very uh, telling that these guys wanted to play not just for themselves, but for, but for someone else. And, and more so than Kobe, um, you know, it, I think the NBA was, uh, did a genius move by bringing the actual kids out because i mean it's one thing when you hear of some charity name and you're like oh yeah like a couple hundred thousand dollars are are going to this charity another couple hundred thousand are going to another charity but when you actually get to see these kids like genuinely physically see the kids that you are playing for the kids that you will change their lives with this money for i think it was it was a stroke of genius by the nba to, to one have kids that would otherwise probably never really be there right like i mean we we all live in the city we know how expensive the 2016 all-star game was uh, i was fortunate enough to be able and privileged enough uh to be able to to go to those games and to be able to enjoy you know some of that weekend um with friends and with family um you know part of it as work and part of it as a fan um but it's it's really expensive and for your if you're a kid in chicago or a kid anywhere really in any part of the world and you have an all-star game in your town you're probably not going to be able to afford to buy you know, a front row seat or a baseline seat behind the free throw line uh, to watch the best in the world play against each other on a regular night, let alone an NBA All-Star game. So I think it was absolutely amazing that, you know, we were reminded that, you know, the the NBA wouldn't be anything without its players and it wouldn't be anything without its fans. And for, for the players to compete like that and compete for those kids, compete for themselves, compete for Kobe, and, and also David Stern, who started the All-Star weekend, I thought was was amazing. I think overall it was a great, great weekend. And obviously, the, yes, there are tweaks to be made uh, from the game. Um, you know, I hate that it ended on a free throw, um, but but it was it was great that we got to try something new and it actually worked. I mm-hmm. had my doubts like everybody else did, um, but I'm glad that it worked. I'm happy that uh, we got to see the product that we did, and I hope it stays. But um, my last point on this, and that I think um, is my concern, is I don't think any of these guys will be any less competitive. Uh, for years down the road, um, I think I would like to see you know more money go to these charities uh, because it is such a big event and so many people pay so much money. Uh, you know, just looking at just the front row uh, on the court side of those seats baseline, those people all have net worths that could easily be capped uh, to like twenty of those community organizations, right? Yep, right. So you know, just giving them a few hundred thousand, which will absolutely change their lives and change the organizations. Um, I think isn't quite enough given how much they're they're getting um as an as a league but my concern with the game itself and the compete level is uh what happens when someone gets hurt that that is i think the the biggest thing that will take a lot of the wind out of the sails from how great we feel about how competitive these guys are because like there were a couple times where i got concerned i'm like is kyle gonna get hurt is Kemba taking a weird fall. Is LeBron going to be all right? Like, uh, you know, I loved seeing these guys compete, but at the same time, I'm also concerned about, you know, how long this will last until someone gets hurt, right? Like, I, I mean, you look at the the Paul George injury, right? Freak accident, 
Obviously, no one's hoping that no one gets hurt. It's a pickup exhibition game. Team USA happens to take a weird fall under the stanchion and, you know, has a horrific injury. None of us could have predicted that that was going to happen, let alone at a Team USA exhibition pickup game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it happened, right? So in, in the heat of the battle, when these guys are competing in the fourth quarter and let's just, you know, God forbid, knock on wood, you know, someone gets hurt. And I hope they don't get hurt, by the way. Um, I, will, I wonder if teams will feel, you know, more okay with their stars competing that hard in an all-star game or if they will say, look, I don't want you competing as hard. I don't want you playing uh, because there's a risk or a chance that you could get hurt. Yeah, so it's attempting there, a fate, you're saying. There was this yeah. one part in, like, I believe it was beginning of fourth or end of the third where, like, Ben Simmons went up for either a contested shot or... or and he or, slipped. And he slipped, and I was really yeah. scared. I was really... Like, yeah. he was on the ground, yeah. and yes, he was kind of, like, laughing about it at the at, like, after the fact because of the replay, but when that happened, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. This is not good because regardless of the fact, if it was a Raptor or any player of that uh, in this high caliber, you don't want to see anybody hurt in a charitable game in something that's supposed to, supposed to be like uh a, a, you know a really heart and warming kind of game and if you it, like you're right if you do get um injured like that's that's going to put a damper on a lot of it so but i i also feel like these players know how much equity that, that they have when it comes to like their fans and their and what they represent when it comes to their their teams so if these things happen and i and like you're right derek uh, any injury knock of wood can happen at any time and and no one will will can prevent it but you also can't help them for playing hard as hard as they want to like when you saw like Joel Embiid go up for uh free throws he was sweating buckets buckets you know <laughs> and like how often do you see uh all-stars in an all-star game sweating let let alone at all right and these guys are competing and that's what you love and that's how you get fans to also love this game too because all we want is for um our fandom to be portrayed into the effort that the players give out right and if if they continue that they have before that just to play lackadaisically and have the score like 174 to 143 then it's no fun I think the only, I mean, you guys have made some excellent points in the All-Star game, and I'm not going to repeat what you've already said. I, I think the only thing I would add to it is that, you know, ending on a free throw is not ideal. And I think a couple of the suggestions I've seen floating around, which I personally agree with, uh, number one is if it does go to a free throw, that each free throw that's made either removes a point from your opponent yep. oh. or it pushes the target score up by a point so for oh example, so you have to like if, win by two like volleyball kind of uh, kind of so like for example like anthony davis hit one free throw um but that pushes the target score from 157 to 158 meaning the game does not still doesn't is not over but it does mm. make it one more point extra that team Giannis has to score um same effect there where it's like either you add a point to the target score or you remove a point from team Giannis. so either way that's I like the way that works because then that also ensures that it doesn't end on a free throw. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't mind that idea at all. And actually, it kind of reminds me of uh, a segment that I was watching actually uh, the other day uh, on the jump where Kendrick Perkins kind of alluded to the same thing where he was thinking, you know, you can't end on free throws. But, uh, you know, the problem is whenever games get tight, not just in all star, but in regular season and playoffs, guys start fouling late. Right. Because they don't want you to score. Um, And so the only way to make sure that it doesn't become a hack fest is by penalizing teams that foul. So Hmm. he was thinking his idea was if you foul in, you know, the crunch time minutes of this game, 
and it's close that you lose a point for fouling and the yeah. target score gets moved. So it's, ah. a, it's a bit of both. So then that way you have to win on the bucket. And if you do foul, it costs you a point and you have to turn the ball over. So right? I guess it so, would have to be like the final 10 points because there wasn't like a time limit for. Yeah. The, um, yeah. For yeah. So I, I think, yeah, I think those, the, the, some variation of those ideas are actually great. And, and I'm sure, I'm sure the NBA will fix it. Cause I mean, if yeah. anything, all we've seen from the NBA since Adam Silver really took over is that they're not afraid to try. They're not mm. afraid to throw things at the wall and see what sticks. And for the most part, it's actually worked and things have stuck around. So, uh, you know, the do zone, the 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 format of this game, I think they'll make tweaks and they'll figure out, you know, what works and what doesn't. And, and ultimately, we'll be the ones that win for this, right? Because we're, we're the fans and we, we're taking our time mm-hmm. and our money to invest in this product. And, and it's only going to make, make changes that make me want to watch the thing that I already love more. Unless it's a celebrity game, of which uh, nobody <laughs> You say that until they probably end up inviting you to come play. <laughs> a celebrity. Well, first off, I'm not even an F-list celebrity. I'm not even close. <laughs> Secondly, if, if I am invited, I'm going to win Butler that competition. I'm going to be the white <laughs> Canadian dude that kicks ass. Wait, so don't even Butler. get me started. Very nice. <laughs> What did you listen? Got? We're all popular to the people we know. There you go. <laughs> Fair enough. Did, was true. there a lot more um, attention that you were given uh, to this game because that you had uh, Raptor representation of it? Because you had Nurse, Lowry, and Siakam, uh, and you know Giannis. Uh, all of them are in the crunch time of this game. That you were kind of proud that to see you have Siakam going there in a pressure situation. You have Lowry taking those charges and being that like leader on the floor. Was did you were you more invested into this game one million percent one million yeah, yeah right i was absolutely like every time lowry like dapped yanis i giggled like a schoolgirl. <laughs> anytime <laughs> siakam even just cheered on Giannis, i giggled like a schoolgirl. like i was fully invested i and could imagine nurse- you you were jumping out of your seat when lowry stole that ball halfway and then or at the half court mark and then he alley-ooped it to Giannis I could I could just imagine Jay you're like I passed out I passed out you you blacked out for a second I imagine I legit I passed out but it's it's this is the thing is like let let, let, let's look at this realistically right realistically you know Giannis is probably going to sign whether it's the extension or a a brand new super max contract the next summer that's that's more likely than not going to happen but there's a sliver of hope that he doesn't. And when he doesn't, the Raptors are going to be one of his top choices, at least the one of the contenders to get him. So even if we'd never get to see Giannis in a Raptors uniform, at least for one night, seeing him play with Lowry and with Pascal and with Nurse coaching him was, I was going to gobble that up. And, you know, we, according to the NBA, that fourth quarter lasted 15 minutes and 39 seconds of game time. To get that without any breaks without any subs was just pure glee and again we're very lucky that um you know no one got injured um i can only imagine what it would have been like had the original plan for the nba had gone through where before kobe's passing and they they decided to make the target score of 24 according to the nba the first uh proposal was that the fourth quarter be an average of what you usually see in NBA games. And that average is 38. I can't imagine these guys playing up to an additional score of 38 as opposed to what it was 24. Like this game would have gone on forever. Mm -hmm. That's Um, crazy. 
But yeah, back to your original question, 100% I was invested and and I want more of it. I feel like um, I've saw a lot of like, why is Siakma out there? Why is Lowry out there? One, Lowry is is G and he's going to put in that effort. And there's a lot of talk about like, you know, all-star games don't have defense and then Lowry plays defense and now no one wants Lowry on the floor. It's it's this whole kafuddle. But to have Siakam out there, I feel like Nurse, obviously Nurse has options, right? He has Jimmy Butler. He has Donovan Mitchell. He like, it's on and on. Of, of the options that he has but if you're in that position if you have a player that he's about to he's a, a an all-star starter to have that kind of like experience to have that feeling that you belong there i feel like that's exactly what nurse wanted right to put him in that those pressure situations that type of experience is second to none and not many people get that experience so that's i feel like that's why nurse kept him out there alongside with lowry alongside with Giannis. i want to talk about yeah, the raptors absolutely. in the second half but before we get to that i just did want to see your guys' thoughts on, and I think this is what Jason was trying to get at, was like, did you do you feel like the Raptors made a positive, negative, or just a neutral effect on Giannis if he were to leave Milwaukee? I, I think I think it was positive. I think it was. Uh, you can't possibly look at that any other way because when else would our coach, two of our star players, get the opportunity? to ever be around him in that capacity for that amount of time mm-hmm. to even have a make to even make an impression you know what i mean like the fact that i think the star reported this earlier that Kyle Lowry had his locker right next to Giannis's oh, like yeah. you know oh, you yeah. know they had conversations yeah. like and also i think back to where we were a year ago this time right like and i'm actually shocked that this isn't a bigger deal to other teams and i, and I think it's partially because the U.S. media doesn't think we're going to win anything and they disrespect us as usual, but who cares? A year ago at yeah. th- this time, everybody was up in arms and making a big deal about a conversation that Kyrie Irving was having with Kevin Durant in a hallway. Yep. Fast forward to this Ooh. year, Kyle Lowry's having a similar conversation, I guarantee you, with Giannis in a hallway in Chicago Ooh. at an All-Star game and nobody's batting an eye. And... What don't do kinda, this to me. Don't do this to me. I, I, and look, listen, 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 listen. I'm not going to say yes for sure he's coming because athletes are, are human beings. They're going to make the best decision for themselves and for their family and what they feel is right. And yes, Giannis totally has a larger familial relationship with Masai outside of basketball that is bigger than basketball and runs deeper than any sport could. And that also doesn't mean that you're guaranteed that he's going to take a real look at you if he even intends to go to free agency, you know, in a couple summers. Um, but I think that this was our way of being able to pitch in a legal way, completely legal, for a player to go to another player and say, hey, look, our team would be amazing with you on it. Yeah, you're doing great in Milwaukee, but if you can't beat him, join him. Right. And and in this case, it wouldn't even be a KD type of situation because it's not like the Raptors are a 73 and nine win team, but they are a very well run organization with championship pedigree. And if Giannis doesn't make it to an NBA finals in the next year or two, I could realistically see him saying, you know what, if Toronto's got all the pieces, they've got a great head coach. They've got a president and a general manager that I can trust and a championship pedigree. 
well-run organization, been in the playoffs for the last decade or so, have only been known for developing players and success. Maybe that's a better option than Milwaukee. If I'm going to be cold mm-hmm. and, av- and averaging MVP numbers but not winning, I'd rather do it in Toronto than Milwaukee. No disrespect to them. Um, so I think, I think, I think, I think, you know, this was a great opportunity for us to, you know, pitch ourselves in a legal way um, through players. Um, and through experience uh, to Giannis. And whether he likes that or takes it, it doesn't matter because chances are we would have never gotten this opportunity outside of the All-Star game anyways. So, Plus, he would have an entire country behind him and the entire Greek communities of Ontario, of Quebec, of wherever else in Canada. It would be <laughs> freaking nuts. So first off, uh, you know, playing with Lowry, playing with Siakam is one thing, but being under the coaching, the coaching capabilities of Nick Nurse and being the player to have played, I believe, the longest out of any player either side in the All Star game All-Star. under the, the under the control of Nick Nurse, I think is one thing, a step in the right direction. Plus, in crunch time, plus he saw how Lowry was dealing with crunch time. You know, he got to be the figurehead, obviously because it's Team Giannis, but. You know, he, he was hungry from the get-go, and he was, like, Nick Nurse played to that sensibility from the beginning. So, there's that. Secondly, before I pass it off, because I guess you already know how I feel about, you know, Giannis developing, we're forgetting somebody else here who's not quite as important, but to me, he's important. Jimmy Butler, loving his playtime with Kyle Lowry and saying, man, I would always love to play with this guy. I don't know. I think as, as a next in line, if Giannis doesn't come, I would love Jimmy Butler on my team. If he approves of Kyle Lowry and the work ethic of the Toronto Raptors, he's not going to be toxic in the locker room because we hustle. I don't know. I'm fine with that. But, you know, obviously the idea is, is Giannis to come here. Obviously. Well, that's the thing. That's, I think what you're, you're getting at is, is a much bigger point, which is whether or not the Raptors are able to, to woo Giannis, what they have done this All-Star weekend is, you know, further um, implant themselves in other players' minds. Because, like, Giannis mm-hmm. is not the only... Yes, he's the biggest prize of the summer of 2021, but he's not the only one. And we, as an organization, continue to make a very lasting impression on a lot of these big names. And, you know, come hell or high water, summer of 2021 is going to be a big one. And with Siakam and Van Vliet... And OG all in in line. Um, it's very exciting to to think about who else uh, the Raptors can land in that summer. Because mm-hmm. again, the the impression they made from how Lowry was able to kind of shine and how Siakam was able to he played pretty well considering it was his first time, and how Nurse was able to coach all positive signs. And I think that this is going to paint a good picture. Um, for the summer of 20, 2021, as well as paint a good picture for how the second half of the season is going to play out. Gentlemen, how do we feel about the Raptors coming out of the All-Star break? Jason, over to you. We can all agree that we're heading to the playoffs, right? Let's let's all put yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anybody <laughs> who isn't at yeah. this point is an American right. journalist whose head's up his own ass. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's think... Ryan Hollins. Ryan Hollins and yeah. Damon Jones think we're not <laughs> no going to the playoffs. Kidding. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I think it all depends on right now what our seed is and who our first first round opponent is. Right now it's most likely looking that we're gonna get that second seed and we're probably going to face Brooklyn. But 
it the second half is telling it's going to be telling uh for a lot of reasons because we're going to be facing better opponents so we got the we got the bucks coming up Celtics coming up the the lakers uh actually we're playing the bucks three times oh we, my god so this is it, it, we have been doing very well against teams that are under 500 of course i mean we won a 15 game winning streak but now it's all about like how are we going to do against uh, teams that are up above 500 and teams who have you know championship caliber teams so it's going to be telling but at the end of the day it i think it all depends on where we're going to finish in the, in the playoffs uh, and who our first round opponent is. I guess to me, as long as we kind of stay or steer clear away from that, you know, three, four, five, six mark, so we don't have to face the the really good opponents in the first round, uh, and then hopefully try to avoid Milwaukee as long as possible, then we're in good position. It all depends on the matchups. It, it, there is a chance, a big, big chance that we can go back in the finalists. And I, I again, they have something to prove, and the Masai has brought together all these players players that you know have that chip on their shoulder so yeah again it's all about where we're going to see we're going to be seated and who our first round opponent is Mm -hmm. which if we're in second seed we don't really have a lot of teams that are like frightening to worry about because like who's even an eight seed right now like there's a potential for like i don't know the magic seventh is going to be brooklyn brooklyn you're looking at if you're if you're second you're looking at brooklyn Okay, so if we like, if it was like right now, yeah, Brooklyn, especially if Kyrie, this is like his third time in injury trouble in one year. I mean, Jesus, uh, and obviously KD's not coming back, so um, yeah, that would be fine. But if we were to dip to third, suddenly it all changes because the East, the top six teams are pretty crazy. So if we stay in that second, we're not going to catch first because the Bucks aren't going to lose enough. And we're not going to win enough in a row for both to happen, especially if we're facing them three times. I could imagine it's going to be a bloodbath on, on both fronts. Um, if we stay in second, which I think we honestly will, I think we're disco. I think we're golden. We're going to have a great first round. Uh, we might see a second round where the other team is depleted. And judging by what happened last year and what could easily happen this year, we're going to face the Bucks. And without Kawhi, um, We'll see how this goes. It could be very interesting. It could be us proving our championship contenderness, even though it's not a word, without the, the the key pieces that everybody thought we relied too heavily on last year, or the Bucks make it to the finals and and hopefully claim it all. You know, on top of uh, whoever else comes out of the West, of course. So it'll be exciting. I, I imagine we're going to go very far. Um. We just have to keep it up. I, 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 I can imagine we're not going to sweep the Bucks before the playoffs, but at least as, if if we keep winning enough games and not losing too many, and we secure second for good, I think we're going to have a great playoff run. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, you know, you guys have all made some great points, and obviously, I don't want to repeat any of them. Um, so I, I, all I can say is that I do agree. Um, I think, yeah, at the beginning of the season, I honestly thought we were probably going to finish third with about around 50 wins. And I think that's kind of what we're headed towards anyways. But I finish, I, I think we'll probably finish second um, unless, you know, Boston or well, like somebody out of that bunch of Boston, Indiana or Miami goes on a large winning streak like we did. I don't really foresee us and having any many problems with, uh, with keeping the second seed on lockdown. I, again, I don't think we're catching the bucks and that's okay. Um, the way it might shake out, actually, I actually wouldn't even be surprised if 
you know, the our route to possibly making it to the NBA Finals looks very similar to what it did last year with a Orlando, Philly, Milwaukee playoff bracket. Because um, it could still very well be that. Um, I, I don't know. I don't necessarily trust that Brooklyn will stay there, especially with uh, Kyrie re-aggravating that shoulder injury. I think they're, they might just straight up shut him down for the rest of the year because what's the point, right? I mean, yeah, you're you're competing for a playoff spot, and yeah, you might be there, but if you're not even going to be 100% and then risk putting yourself on the shelf even longer when you've already rested hoping to not do surgery, I think it's probably just best for him to you know, shut it down, uh, do the surgery that he needs to do, make his make sure that he gets his body right, and come back next year with a fully healthy KD and Kyrie and make a run at the chip then um, because it feels like this season has kind of been a bit of a, you know, a wash for them, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, I like our chances. I, I, if we are able to avoid Milwaukee um, up until the Commerce Finals, I think there's a really good chance that, you know, maybe we might make it back to the NBA Finals. I mean, really, the playoffs are kind of a battle of of coaching, a battle of superstars, and a battle of attrition. And I think when it comes to health, uh, as long as we're healthy, I think there's not a single team in the East that we can't beat in a seven-game series. Will we? I don't know. Um, but I think that I actually like our chances against Milwaukee a little bit more despite Kawhi. Um, I mean, obviously, having Kawhi is a massive loss, and Pascal, as great as he is, is still not Kawhi. Um, and, and you know, we're, we're, we've obviously found some great stuff in, in Rondé and in Terrence Davis, and I love the way that those guys scrap and hustle because it really only adds to our ability to go to the bench if we need to. Um, and when I look at, really, our top nine versus anybody else's top nine, we can compete with the best of them. Um, it's it's just a matter of whether, you know, we're going to be healthy enough to do it. And I think, you know, we're we're on pace to probably win, you know, about 51 or 52 games, lock up the second seed and make a real run at, at the at the conference finals. I think the the teams that really concern me, if we aren't able to get maybe like an Orlando in the first round, is getting somebody that's really scrappy. So, you know, you look at... The, the Nets are a scrappy bunch, but they're not quite as talented as, say, an Indiana or Miami. Mm. And those two teams are squads that, you know, a lot of people won't want to face in the playoffs because I think they will push series to seven games. Every game will be tight. And they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna fight and claw and make sure that they know that you feel them and that they are really going to make sure that you they give you your best shot. Um, and Indiana, I think, is to to me the team that's probably going to come out of these next twenty seven games or so, surprising a lot of people because you know Sabonis is having a great year, kind of what Pascal did last year uh, in his most improved year. They got Oladipo back, and I'm sure they're going to continue to work him back. But it's Brogdon, man. That addition of oh, Malcolm fine. Brogdon is a huge, huge, huge pickup for Indiana and a big loss for Milwaukee, and why I think they may actually lose to us. Right. In a seven-game series, because Brogdon has been a raptor killer for forever. He, he's up there with the best of them, you know, the Gerald Hendersons of the world um, that you know always seem to put up you know Michael Jordan numbers against us when we want the least of it, right? So, um, yeah, I, I think I think yeah, you know, health aside, we'll be fine uh, as long as the playoff brackets stay as they are or change a little bit. I think we'll be fine in the second seed. We could make it back to the NBA Finals, health provided, but. Really, what I'd like to see from the Raptors is 
beyond health, getting some of the other guys some more touches. And OG is one of those guys that I'd love to see. Um, he was not with us at all last year in the playoffs because of the emergency appendectomy surgery. Mm-hmm. And he missed out a lot. And I can only imagine what a Philly series might have looked like with Kawhi and Pascal and OG playing defense on them with Mark and Serge. Like how stifling that would be and how much you know, more breathing room that would have given us last season. But we still managed to win a chip despite that. So I'm curious to see what OG's going to provide in the playoffs for us. But I think he needs to get some more touches and get some more consistency. Defensively, he's been amazing for us. He's all-team NBA defense, in my opinion. But it's the offense that's lacking a little bit. And in the playoffs, when things slow down, it might be a little bit better for him. But I think that they need to get him a little bit more involved. And he was doing great at the beginning of the season. Until people kept poking him in his damn eye, and uh, and uh, and so you know, I hope that OG brings the scarf energy uh, to the playoffs. But aside from that, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I think that you know you hit a, a bunch of great points, and you know OG possibly being in the lineup would be great, a great addition. By and, and it, I think it's a, a great time that like we look at how far along this franchise has come, and we think about the years where Demar was leading us and Kyle was leading us, and and our. Our hesitations heading into playoffs where okay will they will they perform and will so and so pick up their game or how will their 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 ex player do versus how they did in the regular season but that's no longer this raptors team's concern this raptors team's concern is just about health and that's really all it boils down to because once we are healthy you, you guys are absolutely right they have the capability to compete against any team in the NBA. And we have a solid coaching staff that we can rely on to help us carry us through there. I mean, I cannot finish this episode without throwing out a few numbers at you guys. Um, you know, Derek, you mentioned that, you know, when when the pace slows down, like how how is this team going to be able to perform? Um, you know, one of the numbers that I personally like looking at is the the Raptors are have this great ability of forcing the opponent to take the shot clock down, like really down. So they are number eight in the NBA in forcing opponents to shoot with four seconds or less. Why is that relevant? Because when they force opponents to shoot with four seconds or less on the shot clock, they are number one in the NBA enforcing the worst field goal percentage. So that is a big step for me because that's what's going to happen in the end, in the playoffs. The, Sure. Everything will slow down and there will be late chalk clock situations all the time. So knowing that we can rely on that is huge. Um, moving forward, though, I think that, you know, you guys, like I said, you guys hit on the head. The Raptors are very solid heading into the second half of the season. As long as we get healthy, I think that the the, the sky's the limit in, in terms of what they can, what this team can do. Um you know, as I've mentioned, I think that we have run a bit over time here, so I am going to end it here. We've got lots more to talk about. Derek, you were an amazing guest. Yeah, uh, we'd love to have you back on. Yeah, yeah, no, thank so, you, thank you. I, I appreciate you guys having me and, and taking the time to give me that opportunity. And I know it's uh, not easy for everybody to schedule things, so uh, you know, thank you for for providing me the platform to talk. And I'm always more than happy to come back and chat basketball and Raptors with you guys. No, man, I just wanted to say thank you again, Derek. Thank you so much for, for coming on, man. We, we'd love to have you back. And, and maybe once, uh, you know, we go back into the to the playoffs, we'll, we'll, we'll talk playoff basketball. But until then, uh, Dre, can you tell the good folks where they can find you? Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs. You can follow my film editorial and review website, Films Fatale, F-I-L-M-S, F-A-T-A-L-E dot com, no spaces. 
I'm back to the old grind, so I've got a few segments where, you know, I'm diving into recent movies, but I'm also going back in time to review older films, uh, creating think pieces. You know, hit me up with some requests. What older films do you want me to review when it gets to their release date anniversary? So, uh, yeah, let me know. Jay, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rosalasaurus. Find my writing, and obviously you're finding this podcast on Raptors HQ. Uh, I will be a guest on Adam Corsair's South of the Six Pod this Sunday, so make sure to check him out. Well, you guys should already be checking out South of the Six anyways, um, but I believe that's it for me. Um, Derek, you got anything you want to plug before we, we head on out here? Uh, no, I mean, if you guys want to follow me on uh, online on Twitter, you can follow me at KD Dion, uh, Dion like Celine Dion, KD like Crafton or Kevin Durant, um, and uh, inquiring Dion on Instagram if you care about my personal life, which you probably don't. Um, uh, yeah, it, uh, the only thing I can say is stay informed, folks. You know, uh, check out your local news broadcast, check out, support your local journalism and your uh, public broadcasters, and uh, stay informed, stay safe. Love it. Nice, man. And you can follow us at That's Rep Pod. Uh, email us at That's Rep Podcast at gmail.com. And make sure to find us at Raptors HQ on all your podcasts. But until next time, basketball is back, baby. That's a rep. Hey, I got something in common with Kawhi Leonard. I'm also not sponsored by Gatorade. How fun is that? <laughs> nice.